Hello, and welcome to Wealthspire Advisors' November Investor Insights video. I'm Bobby Moyer, and I'm joined with my colleague, Sandy Wiggins. How's it going, Bobby? Pretty good, Sandy. Why don't we just jump right into the numbers? Sounds good. The markets have continued their downward trajectory. October is the third consecutive month that the markets have declined. This is the first time since early 2020 that we have seen three consecutive monthly declines and marks only the second time in the last 30 years that August, September, and October were negative in the same year. The S&P 500 briefly fell into correction territory, defined by a correction or a drop of 10% or more, in October before climbing out at the end of the month. The S&P finished the month down 2.1%, thanks to almost a 2% rally in the last two days of the month. The S&P 500 is now positive by 10.69% year-to-date. The S&P mid-cap and small-cap indexes also saw larger declines, 5.34% for mid-cap and 574 for small-cap. They are both negative now year-to-date, 1.3% for mid-cap and 5% for small-cap. International markets also saw declines in October. The MSCI EFA index, an index made up of developed countries, saw losses of 4% for the month, but is positive by 3.2% year-to-date. The MSCI EM index, made up of emerging markets, countries lost 3.87% in October and is negative 1.8% year-to-date. Sandy, why don't you give us a breakdown of the sector performance? There was only one S&P 500 sector positive in the month of October, and that was the utility sector. This sector was positive in October by 1.29%. It's interesting to note that this is also the worst performing sector of the S&P 500 year-to-date, and it's down 13%. Technology and consumer staples were the next best performing sectors. Technology lost two basis points, and Staples lost 1.2% in the month of October. The worst performing sector in October was energy, losing 6%, followed by consumer discretionaries, which lost 4.5%. Year-to-date, there were only four positive sectors. Communication services up 38%, technology up 35%, consumer discretionary up 21%, and industrials up 1%. The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index also saw its sixth consumer consecutive monthly decline. Higher rates once again push bond prices lower. The Bloomberg Aggregate Index lost 1.6% in October, bringing its year-to-date loss to 2.8%. The losses in the bond market were mainly seen in the intermediate to longer positions. The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate 1-3 to year index was positive by 30 basis points in October and is up 2.2% year-to-date. The high-yield index also saw a decline. The Bloomberg U.S. corporate high yield lost 1.2% in October, but is positive by 4.6% year-to-date. Another strong performer outside of stocks and bonds is gold. Gold returned 6.7% in October and is positive by over 9.8% year-to-date. The yellow metal is on pace for its first positive return since 2020. So, Sandy, as those numbers represented, it hasn't been a good quarter, a good month for, for the markets, both stocks and bonds yet once again saw saw declines except for as you mentioned gold so watch out for those gold bugs out there on tv and everything else it's time to start selling gold again i guess but you know what the focus has really been and continues to be is interest rates and while 2022 we saw a significant increase in the short end of the curve from the fed raising rates the short end now has become relatively tame given the fed actions here in recent months and expectations which i think you'll touch on in a second but it's really that longer term interest rates that have really come into factor and maybe are spooky investors a little bit. And, you know, 
we, we often talk that the short end is controlled by the Fed, the long end is, is controlled by inflation and growth, and growth expectations. But where we sit now, you know, it almost feels like there's growing concern over the supply and demand. We have the U.S. Treasury who, you know, or U.S. government who has gotten used to being able to spend and the Fed monetize its debt, meaning by the, by the treasuries for the last 10 years, the Fed has been buying treasuries and allows the, the government to spend on whatever they want. So you have these expectation of, of spending of the government. Now we have a couple of wars that were, for all intents and purposes, funding and, and potential other, other ones that are out there. Um, and now a higher interest rate. So the debt burden, the interest expense is more expensive. So you put all these things together and now there's a big focus on how much supply the treasury has to put out there in order to fund the government. What are we going to sell from a, a bond standpoint? And who's going to buy it now? Now we're asking- China's not buying. That's right. China has, has been out. You know, I think I saw somewhere their lowest holdings since 2013, maybe in a decade. So they're, they're no longer involved. They're buying more gold. Um, you've got the Fed, who I just mentioned, has been able to expand their balance sheet by buying treasuries to st stimulate the economy. They've kind of got to be out of this because that's very inflationary. And now they're going the other way with it. If anything, they're letting bonds roll off as opposed to reinvesting what they have on their balance sheet. And this is becoming a little bit, I think, concerning for the markets as we look out that we have higher, higher rates. And even if the Fed were to, you know, lower short end rates, that may not move the longer end as much for simple math of supply and demand. So the, the market is, is coming to, to grips with it, but it's also starting to look out saying, okay, these corporations and individuals are gonna have higher funding costs in the future, and we better start pricing that in. And I think that's you know slipping in to be part of the concern. If there is a positive of any of this, a lot of publicly traded companies on the corporate side have refinanced debt out at least several years, so they don't have to deal with that right now, um, that reissuance of debt, and now smaller co companies do. Um, and individuals, right? We know the housing market is kind of frozen up for some degree, because what, 40% of households have rates below 5% or some crazy percentage, and, and they're probably not gonna have to refi that debt if, they're, if they don't move, so they'll probably stay still. So maybe it's not gonna hurt us too long, but looking out, what's, gonna, what's the picture on longer term rates as we as we look out, yeah. And talking about rates, the, the Fed it will be meeting. is meeting right now. We'll have a press conference here that will be released after the the recording uh, of this particular discussion. And it's expected that uh, they'll pause, and we'll probably have a pause in December. There's a what a thirty percent chance. A little less than that, I in, think. In um, in December, and then maybe a similar thirty percent chance. In in January, I think January is a little bit more likely of a, a, yeah. a rate increase, but I think it's even still probability of staying still. Yeah, and so obviously we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll be looking to see what what the Fed commentary is, and every word, every inflection uh, will be will be analyzed. And you were talking about the Fed's efforts. The Fed's, I think, gotten a little frustrated over the last year or so that the market wasn't pricing in their expectations, the intentions of higher rates for longer. And over the last 60 days, we've seen that. Rates on the longer end have moved up. The yield curve is less is less inverted than it, than it has been in some time. Yeah, that's a good point, Sandy. I think it's 21 basis points now. We were up at one point in the 90s or 1%. We're talking 2 to 10, right? The 2-year, the 10-year, and I think it's much tighter now. And to your point, maybe the Fed likes that a little bit of seeing the market do some of that work for them. Yeah, and then the other the other information that's coming out today, 
is is job related. We've gotten the JOLTS report. It shows a slight uh, uptick in openings, and that's bullish for the economy. The ADP report, which also came out today, uh, was a bit contradictory. Showed that that openings are there are fewer positions out there. But fewer higher positions. Fewer higher. Yep. Yeah. And and um, and then we've got on November third the government jobs report's going to come out, and that that'll obviously give us a little bit more information. And wage growth this morning in the ADP report mm -hmm. that was showing I think the slowest growth in two years. So is the labor market slowing? Openings are up, so it's to your point. You said it contradictory, right? A little bit, um, but what are we hoping for? Do you think we want? Do we want the market to slow? That's what the, I think the Fed wants the job market to tighten, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting times. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I guess the other thing to comment on too, related to data, is the GDP. Yeah. The GDP number came out real strong for the third quarter. Yeah. At 4.9 percent versus the estimate of 4.7. Yeah. And the fourth quarter is is estimated to be a, a fairly robust. North of 2%. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I, that's not a recession, is it? My, I guess where we sit today, November 1st, as we record this, we're almost smack dab in the middle of earnings season, too. That's the other oftentimes is a catalyst for what the markets are going to do. And, you know, it's it's been a pretty good earnings, I would say. It hasn't been great, hasn't been awful, but, but above average, maybe. And we're showing right now where we sit today, I think just slightly over half the S&P has now reported, we're looking at maybe a 3% earnings growth for the quarter, which is the first time we're going to see earnings growth if this continues since last year at this time. Uh, so that I think that's a good sign. If you were going to look at that, you would almost say that earnings showed a, a mild recession over the last year as earnings weren't growing and now we're coming out of that. I don't know if that's where the economy will show, but you know, with the earnings, it's, but you haven't seen the price reaction from an earnings standpoint. Stock price. Right. Usually you would say, we just talked about October, everything was down, right? All, all the major indexes were negative, even with a not terrible earnings season. And some people will point towards tax loss harvesting, right? You get all these big mutual funds out there that have their, their fiscal year end October 31st. So they've are able to maybe window dress, sell some securities that were at losses to help protect their tax picture a little bit. Maybe you got a little bit of enhanced selling from that that, that caused that the, the markets to deviate a little bit from the earnings environment that we're in. But other than that, we're we're heading into what maybe is a, a stronger season. Seasonally, yeah. November is usually a good month. December. Decent month, typically, looking historically. Yeah, and when you consider you had the last three months being negative as we opened the, opened our commentary about, you know, feels like maybe maybe a little bit of oversold positioned a little bit. Maybe we get a bounce. How long does that project out there? You know, I don't know. It's it's hard. I know the rates will be a big part of that, but there's a lot. Obviously, crosswinds going on, geopolitical risk, so a lot of risks, and you have you know, an alternative to stocks, which continues to be some of the argument that you can buy, you know, short short bond and get 5% on your money while you wait. We continue to warn investors that you got to worry about that reinvestment risk at some point by playing that game too long on, on the short end. But there's a lot of money in, in money markets right now. And money markets are made up of generally short-term high quality paper. And it's when that money comes out eventually, it likely goes into probably the stock market, maybe longer term bonds. But at some point when that money comes out of shorter term rates, maybe the Fed cutting rates, 
will stimulate you know people to move money out of there you know just to get a better rate as as shorter rates come down at some point but they're only going to cut if we see a recession yeah and, and we saw uh, the s p dip just over so a little bit into correction territory right and then bounced off of that so yeah you know there's there's like you said it's a mixed bag of 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 data and i think we'll continue to have a choppy market until there's a little bit more clarity on where what the fed's going to do where inflation is what's going on geopolitically so it's good to have a diversified portfolio and and of stocks bonds and and other non-correlating assets yeah exactly i mean i think that's what you've got to do. I mean, the market's still over longer periods of time. You, you still got to like it and want to be invested, but your time horizon matters. You know, where you are in your personal life, life cycle matters. So, you know, you're continuing to focus on that. It is, you know, disappointing and choppy out there. It's definitely been a challenging environment and it's really been challenging for almost two years. And I continue to take a little bit of positive in that, that, you know, even though the S&P is positive, there's a lot of other things that were negative last year. Small and mid is, is negative. So it's been pricing in not a great environment over the last you know year and nine months essentially. So I think there's some positive that you know this hasn't been just a one-way market and there is a lot of fear baked in and maybe we're getting through some get down to the, the get down to a good bottom to start moving up higher. Exactly, and maybe that's where we're at, and I think that's where we should leave it. Yep, we'll we'll report back more next next month. Yep, take care.